What's up, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode seven of The Overview. I'm Jamman V, joined, of course, by my co-hosts, Fish Sticks and Shade. How are you guys doing today? Doing pretty good, man. I did wake up with a sore throat, so apologies if, I, if I'm sniffling and coughing a little bit today, but the show must go on. And we actually have a ton to talk about, and we've said that every week, and it's <laughs> actually still the case, in my opinion. It's beta. There's a lot to cover this week. That's right. Well, hopefully you're feeling better. Too much late night Overwatch is what it is. You got to take care of yourself, yeah. man. That's what you got to do. <laughs> I know, I know. Shade, how about you? How's your week been? Doing, doing good. A little, a little busy, but doing good. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Cool. And we've got a guest, uh, of course, our first time guest here. We've got Surefor from Cloud9. Welcome, buddy. Hello. Thanks for joining us today. Got lots of stuff. Thanks for having me. Lots of stuff to talk to you about, especially Meta. I know Ben's just going to grill you on Meta a little bit later today, but uh, we got definitely... I'd like to, yes. (laughs) Jam-packed show today for you guys. We got to talk about uh, the latest patch. You know, it's been like a week and a half since our last show, so going to go over the patch that uh, came out midweek last week. Uh, Jeff Kaplan had a few things, a few comments about matchmaking, which I thought was interesting that we can touch a little bit on. Uh, of course, some things maybe we've noticed in the game, you know, just from the standpoint of what we'd like to see change. Our wish list is kind of what we would call it each week. Esports, just competitive events. We'll we'll do the we'll get the lowdown on everything there, and then of course we'll do Q and A with you guys at the end of the show. Uh, tweet all your questions to the Overview GG, and we'll try to go through as many as we can. We might take some in chat, too, so just be, be prepared for either one. Okay, latest patch, uh, which, again, came out last week. Uh, we've had like a full week to play with all the changes now, so I kind of want to get everybody's thoughts on uh, the changes. We'll kind of go through each one of them. Uh, first off, the map, Ilios. What do you guys think of the new map? It's a King of the Hill map or game format. Uh, do you guys like it? Sorry with our yeah, guests. I like it sure. so far. You like it's it? Okay. A, it's a change since a lot of the other maps cater to like close quarters combat. Mm-hmm. Since there's a lot more aerial you can use, so snipers get in it and ferrets get in it and junkrats get in it. But then you still have the normal comps as well. So it's a good change from the other ones. Yeah. It's you can definitely notice that, especially with the second round where there's a giant hole in the middle the of the objective. pit of death. <laughs> it's the Sparta pit. That's what yep. it is. Uh, what, what about you, Shade? I know you've got a, a, a differing week, opinion. <laughs> my goal for this week. Well, okay. First of all, I'm not a huge fan of the new map, yeah. but my goal for this week was to play Lucio and be able to <laughs> wall ride myself back up the pit, and I did it this week, oh. and I'm very proud of myself. Wow, that's yep. cool. I've been, oh, you're going to have to show and me And it was totally not on purpose. <laughs> oh, really? You're going to have to show nope. me. You're gonna I show think me I got Farrah, of like, concussive shot down into the pit, and then I just was like, not dying. Just spiraling back up to it. That's cool, yep. man. I didn't even think about that. I remember Lucio trying to do that, and I just flashbanged him, and he fell down. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, terrible. Oh, man, that's brutal. That's brutal. Fish sticks, how about you? like that map i mean I, yeah i think it goes without saying at this point that the blizzard art team is amazing uh and the map is gorgeous mm-hmm. uh, as, as basically all of the other maps like every every single map is unique and interesting in its visual style um honestly uh, you know i've just been playing pubs so i've only had a chance to probably play it like five or six or seven times at most at this point yeah. <laughs> i like it you know it's it, I agree with Surefor. It's a little bit different than the rest of the maps, especially that second objective with the big pit. Like, there's a huge <laughs> pit there, but you actually don't get knocked in it, into it very often because the point is massive. It's by far the biggest point, uh, capture, capturable point in the game. 
so there's just so much space uh, to to capture there, which makes it a somewhat unique map, in my opinion. I don't know if I've ever actually made it to the third. Me, I was just to say capture that. point on I, that map. I have. <laughs> so not, I only know the first two. I haven't gotten a chance to play it yet, and I I, I know my my son's actually played it, so he's he's talked about how it's. He, he doesn't like it because Hansa just kills him all the time on it. I guess because you're shooting down on it. I, I don't know. Sure, for have you played it? Well, it's like the third map. You have like a bunch of columns, and it's like very Greek. But it's like mm-hmm. just a straight line for both teams. So huh. one, and oh, then wow. okay. in the middle is the point. So if you die, you're just running straight to it. There's no like side pass to it, or like it's not like circular. It's just like a whole big rectangle. It's so a, then it's a in the middle, it's. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. And in the middle, there's a ramp down to the point, and you fight around that. So okay. that one's really good for snipers and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's that's pretty much how he described it. So I think he was <laughs> right on with it. Um, but yeah, just to get to your point, then the artwork is it's Santorini. If you guys have never been to Santorini, it's a it's a Greek island that this thing is obviously modeled off of. And I just happen to have go, that's that just happens to be where I spent my honeymoon. So it just like brings back a lot of really good memories and it's super beautiful like the island so they did an awesome job on that um but yeah it'll be it'll be good do you think uh we'll see a lot more of that map in competitive play probably not because everyone bans cough maps ah yeah except for you guys who seem to do really well in nepal yeah we like cough maps (laughs) i I seem to remember you saying actually in the post-game interview that you don't think you can you can lose to anyone on nepal is that right uh, I don't remember if Kyle said that. Okay, or not, but we're pretty. <laughs> oh man, am I mixing things up? I thought it, yeah. I thought you had said that, but uh, no, it was Kyle on it in the winners okay. movie, not me. I Fair guess what enough. do you what do you like most about Goth Maps? Well, it's the fact like on payload, defenders have a lot more time to like do what they want, so that you, they can set up around how far you're pushing. But on Goth Maps. Once you have the point, you just have to hold around it. Mm-hmm. And since I like playing Tracer on cop maps, I can always just like annoy them. And when they're pushing in, just push in behind them because they're thinking they have to go in. And on Nepal, on the first point, that top left area where you have the air, the height and ground, it's mm-hmm. really, it's really hard to take back when someone has control of it. Yeah. So a lot of teams usually just push right to the left to the point. So then they're in this choke so you can usually just play around what they're doing a lot mm, i see well, that's really that's definitely cool uh why don't we let's see talk about some more of this patch uh trying to look at some of the i guess the, the changes to the heroes we can just kind of jump to that there's definitely some progression rewards i think we've all seen all the new uh the skins and and lots of cool things they added there. But let's talk about Junkrat. Still no Genji Ultimate. Yeah, no Genji Ultimate. Yeah, that's true. true. All right, Junkrat, Ultimate cost increased by 25%. Uh, I think I think in the previous show, uh, I we were mentioning that the tire just seemed to be coming very, very often. And it was doing quite a bit of damage. I, I think it's at a good spot now. What do you guys think? I think the tire still has a pretty big range yeah the radius. it's pretty Sick. huge dude that's totally my thoughts too but he still builds all pretty fast with just the amount of spam he puts out yeah shade what do you think um i'm a little tired of getting one shot by junkrat tires still but you know it's fun to like watch them be played and get like four man kills 
You know what's funny about the it's well, you know what's funny about the tires that every time you know, on my point of view, I'm so far from the tire, right? And it's just like, oh, it's the most frustrating when I die. But then I then when they show the replay of it, it's like I'm much closer to the tire than than it appears on my screen. Good old ping. Yeah, good old ping is right. Dying yeah. around corners. That's what yeah. we all love. Totally. Um, Lucio change obviously uh, health increased back to 200. I think a lot of people love that. And then uh, Sonic Amplifier damage reduced. And then his his ultimate also was increased by 25. percent Fish sticks. What do you uh, think? You know, yeah. Lucy, I've played him in, in in a couple pubs and in, in high high MMR pubs and also uh, one or two pre-mades. Um, and he still feels very viable, um, but. He does so little damage now. It's it's really tough. Um, it, it, you know, previously Lucio was in a in a point where he could actually fight, and now it kind of feels like he really has to be relegated to more of the traditional support role where he stays behind his teammates. Where uh, I did really like being the aggressive Lucio in the past, um, and you know we've talked about this before, but I, I'd really, on a personal level, prefer to see supports that can fight. And if they're overpowered, then maybe to, what, what I'd rather see them tune down is their the rate of healing or their support abilities rather than making it so they can't really fight anymore. Uh, so I wouldn't say that Lucio's in a bad spot. I actually think he he's a pretty balanced character right now um, as far as the supports go. But playing him is a little bit less fun, that's for sure. Although I will say one thing. I like the projectile size being reduced. And this is coming from huh. a player. You know, Lucio is like one of my top most played characters. Um, but his projectiles were so massive that you could just spam them through doorways and just get like tick, 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 tick all the time uh, just from spamming. So I like mm. that change. And I actually hope that they do that with more characters' projectiles, to be honest. Shade, what do you think of Lucio change? I, I think you have a different think- opinion about this. I do, and I think Ben and I, or Fishsticks and I, have very different, like, views on, like, support play in general. So, like, I'm the exact opposite of him. I would rather them nerf the damage of someone like Zenyatta or Lucio as opposed to, like, reduce their healing. Mm-hmm. Because that's the part of support that I like the most, is, like, the healing my team part of it, like... I could care less necessarily about like my ability to kill someone as opposed to my ability to keep my team alive. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, I actually like the Lucio change a lot. I think his ability to like one V one someone was way too good the way it was. And to have his damage brought down a little bit, doesn't make him any less viable. He's still an amazing support. It's just maybe makes him a little less fun to play for people that were playing him because of his amazing one V one potential. Yeah, I think I'm on the side of shade too. I, I, I don't. I think Lucio was a little too strong from the standpoint of you know one v oneing people, and that's kind of the point of supports. Uh, I know Ben, you like the fighting support, the fighting medic basically, and um, he does have a little bit of that. You know, at least he has the ability to to kill somebody if he needs to, more so than like a mercy. Breaking out the blaster mercy is. is uh, well, look, I, I don't have a background in mobas. I don't yeah. really even know. I don't like. I, I need. To, I feel like I need to play mobas now because there's a lot of questions I have about how, traditional support, traditional mm-hmm. DPS, that type of thing, uh, in in mobas. But my only point of reference, um, and Surefor will know this as well, is like dirty bomb enemy territory, <laughs> where you you know a medic in a lot of cases can fight basically as well as any other class um, or, or close to it. But 
I'd be curious to, to hear Surefor's thoughts on the Lucio changes. Well, I think the Lucio changes are good because if it supports damage is just too much, you're just going to see a bunch of duplicates of them. Like sometimes you would see double Lucio because he can heal at the same time as well as fighting, and that's what you're having the problem with Zenyatta right now. He can heal, debuff, and snipe people at the same time. And if he discords someone, he has the highest damage in the game with headshots. He can just 1v1 anyone. And I don't know why they have it so Zenyatta can put Discord and then see where the person is. That yeah, just makes him even harder to kill for flankers. Really yeah. So it's like, but it makes sense that Lucio would get a damage nerf instead of a health nerf. Because if you just nerf healths, it's just like you just get weird things happening. And damage just makes more sense because he is a support. And I think a lot of the enjoyment of Lucio players is when, when you're in a competitive scene and you get those speed boost combos where you go in as a team and just yeah. your speed boost is the thing that helped your team win. I think that's what a support player should be like. But So they need yeah. to do something with Zenyatta because right now he's out of hand right now. The Zenyatta, the, yeah. you know, the Genji Tracer player oh. complaining about Zenyatta. Shocker. Uh, I'm going to say we're the ones that kind of brought Zenyatta into the meta, so yeah. no one You're else. You're also the reason why you would hate him, too, because being able well, to track a Tracer where she's going would probably be a pain in the butt. Well, it's not even Tracer. At least Tracer, you can take it off Genji. It's on you forever. But, like, this new meta, it's weird because... It's taking away from like the team coordination of the game and more just give these two players harmony orbs and let them do whatever <laughs> yeah. they want while we just stand in the back firing artillery shots and we see what happens. And it's funny because like, they nerfed Genji's health, but now it just created the problem of Symmetra. Her shield's a little bit too overpowered cool. now, giving everyone else an extra 50 health. So it messes up the whole balance as well because like, Zen's balanced because he has 150 health, so a lot of people can kill him. But then you add a Symmetra in the mix, and now he has 200, so he's in the same problem area as everyone else. So now, Zenyatta has 200 health, and he can kill everyone that wants to fight him. And it and regens. Then, and it regens if you're not getting healed, so it's like, wow. Now Symmetra's a problem too. And Symmetra offense only came into play because people are like, well, Genji's health got nerfed to 150, so how do we bring it back to 200? Oh yeah, we can just bring a Symmetra shield, and then we'll just push with that. Okay, well, guys, I think we're having a little bit of a lag issue, so let, let me switch servers real quick. Um, Stupid cancer comp, or whatever we're calling it in my pub games recently. So, like, if you're playing Zenyatta without a Symmetra, you still have 150 HP. Having Discord on your, like, target, whether it be, like, a Tracer or a Genji or something like that, um, it really makes a difference in your survivability because it means that you can't just get like one clipped in the back of the head by a tracer which is coming up behind hey, you. Uh, I think the stream is still offline, unfortunately. Oh, wait, no, no, just exploded. <laughs> 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 All right, false alarm. Good timing, good timing on that one. <laughs> okay, okay, it's up, it's up. Okay, making okay, sure. So, making sure. Yeah, that's my thought process on it. Is like without the Symmetra, like extra fifty HP bringing him to hundred or 200, um, it's so easy to just get flanked and not be able to know what's going on, especially in a pub game where you might not have as much communication with your team and, like, call out somewhere people are. So being able to, like, see where that person is um, really helps with that. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe 
like the change that would probably do really well would be to give it some sort of like maximum amount of time that it could be on the target. So like maybe discord only lasts on someone for 10 seconds and like you either have to reapply it or like, that's a good change. Actually, I like that one where you have to reapply it, but yeah, that'd be a lot better. And it would save, you know, like Tracer in that case wouldn't have to use her E cooldown. What's her E cooldown? Like 12 seconds or something like that? Yeah. So yeah. you wouldn't have to use a massive cooldown like that in order to get rid of a Discord Orb. You could just wait it out for the 10 seconds it's going to be on you and then try to flank again when you're not being seen. But I think that that's a huge part of Zenyatta's survivability is be able to see where someone is when they're Discorded to either save himself or save someone on his team. Yeah, definitely. Okay, continuing on with the patch, uh, May got a, a buff to her endothermic blaster so i guess let's see the speed of it's 50 percent now the rates and the fire rates increase too uh but i guess the ammunition cost is a little bit uh less or yeah a little bit less than it used to be so overall just an upgrade to her uh right right click which from my experience is kind of crazy now i'm getting sniped by by may all the time now i'm not sure if you guys are are seeing that on ladder what do you guys think of the change and what's the point of left click up update yeah, right. right. Just right-click all the time. Exactly. There's so many times you're just walking around a corner and you get headshot by a random bicycle <laughs> that's just spammed. Like, they're not even aiming. It's, like, worse than Hanzo because it's even faster. Oh, I don't know about that. I mean, scatter least, arrows are probably still the most annoying thing I mean, thing in the game. when in doubt, scatter shot is a little bit different than when in doubt, just hold right-click on this area and see what happens. Yeah. Because it at least scatter shot has a cooldown. It probably doesn't help anything that right before they made this change, they also reduced the cost of her right click. So yeah, like yeah. one patch, they reduced the cost and then the next cla- the next patch, they made her projectile speed. I believe, I think it was Zan that was in the discord yesterday said that her projectile speed on her right click is the fastest in the whole game. I believe it. And it goes straight. Yeah. There's no, there's no fall. And it does like no 150 or so, 175 yeah. or something like that headshot. Like, 150, what? I think, because they can one shot Tracer, Genji, and Zenyatta mm-hmm. with no shield. Many times. The amount of times that's, that's not happened. The amount of times that's happened to me is. Exactly. And the, the, pl- Sad. And the replay is just like, she's so far away, too, and she just snipes Zenyatta. It's, it's, it's so she's crazy. The new Widowmaker and the new McCree and the new Hanzo all in one. <laughs> yeah. I think Close is probably what McCree used to be, you know, like mm-hmm. in the, the early days. Uh, but yeah, I think she's going to need some kind of change. Uh, it's cool seeing her more. I, I still feel like May is one of the most dynamic dynamic characters that might not be p- being played that much in competitive. And I know fish sticks, you, you play a ton of May, So, um, especially now, hey. especially now. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, just to play devil's advocate. I don't disagree with you guys, but it's not like we're seeing may dominate the competitive meta. It's not like even when you're in pubs and, and pre-maids with friends, it's not like you see a may like completely destroying everyone. I mean, the, the one thing I do not like about her now is that you can just spam her right click through doorways and get a lot of lucky headshots. And that's not exactly super fun to play against. But at the same time, she she's still not like crazy OP or anything, right? No, nah, no, nah, I never it's said weird she's OP. They, yeah. It's yeah. weird they did the like opposite so like when we were talking about may before the one suggestion i made had been to increase the cone size of her left click mm-hmm. and i had always yeah. put so much emphasis on like oh if they ever buff may they should do this with her left click or this with her left click or maybe they should yeah. try this with her left yeah. click and it's like let's just buff this shit on her right click and see what <laughs> happens like literally the exact opposite 
of everything I had ever suggested. <laughs> right, so I was like, right. okay, we'll see how this goes. I said something about like her shift as well as healing her, doing a little bit of damage and freezing at the same time so she can wow. still get into people and freeze them. And then Suicidal she's in, May bombs. Well, yeah, because so she can left click and freeze people. And then when she gets in trouble, she shifts. And then people have to play around that instead of just being like, all right, we'll wait till mm. the ice cool's gone and then kill her again. Yeah, they're so like punching the ice, like waiting yeah. for her to... Let's wait for this to melt. So instead of just people waiting and then ignoring her while she's in that, if yeah. there's a little area around that that they still get a little bit frozen or a little bit damaged, then they still have to worry about her. So then she can still be that frontliner. It would be hilarious mm-hmm. if they made it so that while she was in a, like an ice cube, if you hit her, any damage was like returned back to you, or like it was like a thorns kind of thing where you, you got, got Genji hit back. made reflect. Oh my yeah. god! <laughs> Genji oh, made reflect. That would be ridiculous. Oh, that, and you don't even have to aim, I guess. If that was the case, people right? shoot you. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I have to agree with you, Chris. Though I like seeing more May being played. That's yeah. That's. You know, I don't think they did all. Uh, I I agree with everyone. I agree with Shade that the the left click is really what needed the love, not the right click. But the fact that she's being played more is good, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. I want to see more ice walls. You know, more ice walls and I'm uh, sure for ice walls know, are hype. Ice walls yeah. are fun. Totally. I mean, I I think that's there's still a lot of potential in, in that ability. And then sure for you and I were talking a little bit before the show about just the stopwatch. We saw we saw one of the teams go double May on one one of the object, objective points, like defending, just to to you know uh, carry just to to um, have the timer just go a little bit longer and and things like that, right? So it'd be cool to see some more of that type of play, just that kind of dynamic play with a character like like me. Um, okay, well, why don't we move on and uh, wanted to talk about so Jeff Kaplan, um, you know, he's always commenting, which is awesome on the forums, uh, but he recently commented on matchmaking, and you know that's always been a big topic with the community and, and people talking about ah oh, or, or questioning like oh the matchmaking doesn't seem too great right now just because. I get mashed up with some crappy players sometimes, and then sometimes I get mashed up with you know like a lot of like great players or p- players out of my skill range. Uh, so he actually wrote wrote in this really interesting post uh, a little bit of I guess a thought process but behind um, designing the matchmaking. And one of the things that stood out to me that he he mentioned was um, not having the players lose too many times in a row because psychologically it just feels really bad. So he does mention that after a player's lost like X number of games in a row, they'll purposely match them up against somebody that's probably outside their MMR, or lower than their MMR, uh, and just you know have them have a good chance of winning. And you know, I guess more from the standpoint of of uh, retention, you know, keeping these guys playing in that session and just playing the Overwatch just generally doesn't do it doesn't do it for the opposite where you're winning too many games and they just force you to lose type of thing, but definitely for for the the, the prior. I thought that was cool. I mean, I didn't really think of match. You know, I always thought matchmaking is a very straightforward thing. Just match me up against whoever's my, in my MMR, and that's it, right? That's how I think we we uh, we should do it. But I wanted to see if you guys, what you guys thought of just this whole um, post that he made, and is this the type of, I guess, uh, thoughts that we want to see from a person designing the matchmaking? It's like matchmaking is weird because, like, I think it's the hardest thing. Like Jeff Kaplan is trying to say that, like, make because a lot of people have different ideas about how it should be. Mm-hmm. And since the population in the game is small right now, it's also even harder, because if you make it too hard on people, the top-end players are just going to be waiting forever. 
and if you make it too lenient, people are just going to get stomped. Mm -hmm. But I think it's fine for them to do that lost stuff in quick matches and stuff, because it's not that. It doesn't really matter. But in ranked play, I don't think they should do that, because you it's also going to be... Yeah. yeah, it would defeat the purpose of you know ranking and whatnot. But it's also going to be weird, because solo queue in this game is going to be even harder to matchmake around, because it's a really, really team-oriented game. And I don't think... Because in Counter-Strike, you can kind of carry your team with just your aim alone. But in this game, the matchmaking is kind of like League of Legends, where if you get people that are bad on the roll, they're going to play. Or people that just won't agree with your team, your team's kind of going to lose, no matter what. So, solo queue's like a really weird thing to balance around. Yeah, definitely agree with that. Fishnix, any any thoughts on that? Uh, no, I just, uh, I, as always, I appreciate the transparency from Jeff. Um, I love that he signed it, signed the post. Jeffrey, it's very, <laughs> it's very endearing. It's very endearing. So my love for Jeff Kaplan continues. Um, but no, I mean, I, honestly, like a lot of people like to get really uh, spun up about matchmaking in general and like ranked matchmaking, this and that. I, I think... As long, like, as long as they're continually, continually looking at data and trying to improve it over time, that's great. And the transparency is definitely appreciated. So I don't, I don't have a, a bunch of super strong opinions about matchmaking, to be quite honest. Okay. Shade? Um, I'd say my concerns are pretty similar to Sure4 in that. Um, I, don't know, just, I think it's going to be extremely difficult to make a working matchmaking or even a rank system where it's going to be kind of fair to every player involved. Um, it's going to be one of those situations where you risk like a loss and probably being super tilted just by queuing for a ranked or matchmaking of any kind, because, you know, odds are there's going to be at least one person on your team that is going to mess something up or do something wrong. And you're just going to be like, Oh man, if only <laughs> I had someone else, you know what I mean? Yep. So I don't know. It's going to be ranked in this game is going to be extremely interesting to see what they do with it. Yeah, Absolutely. Like uh, Jeff said, everyone likes to win, but nobody likes to lose. <laughs> exactly. Okay, uh, another thing Jeff Kaplan mentioned, uh, Shade, I know you, you pointed out or put, put here in the notes, is that um, they're removing final blows and replacing it with healing done in the score page, the final score page. Um, why don't you talk about that a little bit? Or I know you have some opinions on that. Yeah, I haven't figured out yet if he's talking about doing it for literally everyone or if he's talking about doing it for just supports. Mm -hmm. But from what I've heard, it's for everyone, um, which mm -hmm. I don't think is the right choice whatsoever. Um, if you look at games like, I mean, even if you look at TF2, they have stat screens that they can bring up on all of their games that are just like pages and pages long, like an insane amount of stats. And I don't think you could ever have enough stats for a game. So mm -hmm. to just be like, oh, we're going to remove something like Final Blows, you know, that's, that's something that people actually really care about for the most part. Like, oh, man, I'm golden Final Blows right now. Or like, I have 42 Final Blows. Like, <laughs> you know, it's just that's something that people like to brag about. It's, you know, something people are going to miss a lot, I yeah. think. And people should actually probably care about a little bit more um, if they want to see it stick around. Because from the sounds of things... They're just going to replace it with healing done. And if you're a character that, you know, doesn't do healing at all, um, that's just going to be kind of an empty card spot for you, I guess. 
for supports, it's going to be great. Yeah, I'll actually I mean, be able to see why, numbers. Why not just <laughs> That's have? Be nice, why but... not just have custom score score screens for each type of player or each type of character? There's always going to be a case where healing down and out doesn't apply, and there's always going to be a case where final blows doesn't apply, right? So I, I don't I don't see why they don't do that because we're the only ones that see that score screen, anyways. It's not like everybody is seeing it. It's just that individual character or player. So um, they should definitely consider that. You happy yeah, with totally? Yeah, you guys happy with the score? Sure, sure. For you happy with the score screen right now, or just I guess uh, the way it is? I guess it's fine. I don't really. really <laughs> he doesn't care as long as the team just, wins. <laughs> yeah, cool. but cool. I think their whole philosophy is they want everyone to be happy, so they want the supports to be happy and the damage to be happy. That's why they didn't want to ever introduce the whole. Once you press tab, you can see how many kills anyone has gotten or how many damage this yeah. person has gotten or how many deaths this guy has. So they're just trying to go around that philosophy, I guess. Yeah. I mean, what's always bothered me the most about the end-of-game score screens was that, like, if I'm playing someone like Mercy, then I just don't ever see anything. Like, it's just all zeros yeah. across the board. It doesn't matter. Um, but, I mean, like, that's a little bit different, I guess, for, like, Zenyatta and Lucio because you still have a little bit of killing potential. But for Mercy, it's literally just zeros like across the whole thing so i mean in that sense like okay i'm happy i'm gonna have like at least one number there now but at the same time i don't i'd rather not sacrifice like other people being bad all the time like oh man i don't get any healing done i don't know why i have to see this here like they're gonna be in the same situation that i was where it's like oh like i don't know why i have to see all of these things that like don't affect Mm -hmm. me right you know in a spot that doesn't matter where you could replace that with like healing done or damage boosted or something like that or time discorded or something like that yeah exactly yeah well i mean they should fix eliminations so that eliminations can't assist right no i agree definitely agree with that uh one of the other changes that we saw with the patch was a a slight change to the uh the aesthetics of the score screen as well as like the cards and and just little things even the the levels you know you see that orange box now right with the, the levels and you know, for me, it was it was actually a regression in that. I don't know why they did. I'm just showing a, a tweet actually from Wheat. Uh, Wheat actually took a screenshot of some of these things, and um, yeah, I mean, I, I hope a lot of this stuff gets cleaned up. But you know, the metals kind of being this animated kind of thing is kind of cool, I guess. But but there are a lot of like overlaps and things like that that really surprised me. You know, I I, I thought everything was fine actually, and they made these changes to the to the layout that I think were were interesting. You guys know what I'm talking about, like. Little yeah. imperfections yeah, I, there. Like yeah, levels I know. Yeah, I sit next to DJ Weed at the. Yeah, office. exactly. I'm sure Marcus was like annoyed. <laughs> he, as hell. he went on a rant about this um, <laughs> as, totally he, as he likes to do, um, and I don't know. I don't think we should read too too much into it. We really don't know what's happening on the yeah. back end. It could have just been an error in integers put in for like the UI elements. Um, Marcus had an interesting theory that it's. This is has something to do with the console versions. Oh, I don't know if that's true or not. Oh, I don't know if that's true. It's not really worth speculating too much. It's mm-hmm. an interesting hypothesis that, uh, you know, this might be like some sort of version that's that's like closer to whatever's going to be put out on console, or, and there was just an error or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, oh, okay. It's kind of annoying, but you know, whatever. It's. That like would at least explain. I know. It. I'm sure it will. That would at least yeah. explain some reasoning behind it because it would it literally out of nowhere. It was just kind of like. Why'd you make these changes? I mean, they were they were totally fine, and it was cleaner before. So okay, it's maybe like maybe it was the changes. They might just be testing random stuff out. Yeah, yeah. 
Testing ugly boxes. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. What, um, all right. Well, let's move on to competitive competitive talk or at least competitive events and what's going on there. I know that's like... Uh, fish sticks is just like... Fish sticks has been waiting. like, let's just get this crap over with. Like, let's I don't care about, about this crap. Exactly. On, let's talk about the competitive. And of course, we have Surefour here who's um, you know, one of the top players too. Uh, but yeah, let's get a, a rundown of the events this past week, Fish Sticks, if you don't mind. Sure. Uh, moral of the story is IDDQD continued to <laughs> smash everybody. Uh, taking first in both GG EU and GG NA tournaments. And uh, I think it's somewhat significant to mention that these are probably the most stacked tournaments we've had so far in the game, in my opinion. Um, you know, especially the NA tournament, uh, we saw a bunch of talent emerge from the NA scene, which was really cool and interesting. But IDDQD did take the GG EU tournament 3 to 1 over Flat Earth and then GG NA. Three to zero over Cloud Nine, mm-hmm. um, and over in the ESL Community Cup, we had uh, Flat Earth take a win. Um, although we did not have Reunited GG or IDDQD or a lot of the other European teams in that, that tournament, um, but yeah, IDDQD just continues to show their utter dominance in the scene. And we've talked about this in private chats and all, all this, and you know. Surefour and, and Shade, I know you guys watch a lot of scrims, participate in a lot of scrims, but I think the bottom line is right now IDDQD are just taking this game so incredibly seriously, scrimming for hours and hours and hours every single day. But, um, you know, I'd be, I, I'd love to turn it over to Surefour to, to get your opinion on, you know, what do you think is really the secret sauce for this team right now? Is it individual skill? Is it the time they're putting in? Is it the team comps? Are they head of the meta? Uh, do you think other teams are going to be able to get on a similar level soon or or maybe you don't think they're as far ahead as I do maybe so I don't know just what do you think about their dominance so far well they definitely have a lot of teamwork and their support players are definitely really good internet hulk is really really good at mm-hmm. symmetra and I think a lot of their strength this week was in the meta there they had two really good genji players and their Zenyatas were able to do the work as well. And as I said, Internet Kalk is really good at Symmetra, so he was able to protect that backline too. So last week we went 3-2 with them, but that was with Tamu, And uh, I think Tamu is a, a lot safer player than Mendo when Mendo's McCree. So I think if teams capitalize on Mendo's risky plays a lot, you can pick him off. Mm. But I think, as you saw, I thought... I think on every offense attack that IDDQD did, they did the double Genji strat. And I think they're just really good at that. And a lot of teams aren't as good as their defense on handling those double Genji or Tracer strats. Because I think IDDQD's Zenyatta's always know that they have to discord the Genji to get him out of the fight and not let him do what he wants. So as soon as you get a discord on a Genji, you can handle him pretty well. But I think IDDQD did really good with that strategy and defending against that strategy so it helped them pull through a lot in this week how far yeah, do you yeah. how, how how close do you think you guys are uh from from beating IDDQD or you know just consistently or or being able to i guess beat them in one of these big events or one of these weekly events like uh do you mean on like a scale of one to ten yeah <laughs> or just yeah i think if we just get a bit more practice in mm-hmm. we could probably beat them or come close again but i think 
on a scale of 1 to 10, we're at around like a 6 right now, something like that. But a lot of it has to do with that double Genji meta, and I think we're beginning to figure out how to go against it, but we'll see if they even change that in the recent balance changes or not. Mm-hmm. Please just yeah, give well, Genji his HP back and just do something else. I don't even care at this point. <laughs> like, Give him more HP. My God, oh my just God. give him back his HP oh, and just no. do something else. Well, yeah, that's a good natural transition. I mean, uh, we can talk a little bit about... I, I would like to talk a little bit about the results of the tournaments and some of the teams we saw, but yeah. uh, since we're on the topic, let's let's do a dive into the meta. Um, so... For those of you, if you didn't catch the tournaments this week, uh, we saw a somewhat new composition take form. I, I I had been hearing about this composition for a couple of weeks, but I think this is really the first time we saw it played in tournaments. Um, and it was played a lot by Mixup, by Envy, by Cloud9, by IDDQD. Basically, all the top teams in this tournament tried this, this new composition. And uh, that composition is two Genjis. Uh, potentially sometimes throwing in a Tracer in the mix, uh, two Zenyatas, Symmetra, and Lucio. Uh, mm-hmm. So basically four support, powering, super powering two, two Genjis. Um, and, you know, this this caught me by surprise. I'll be honest. I mean, I'd heard about the meta. Um, I didn't think it would work quite as well as it did, especially because Genji only has 150 HP with Symmetra 200 HP. So it seems like you should be able to just power down a Genji if your team focuses on him. But uh, yeah, I mean, sure. For wh- why do you think that this composition is so powerful right now? And you did also mention that you you think that you're finding some some ways to combat it. So maybe maybe we just don't know how to fight it yet. But uh, I'll turn the table to you. Uh, am I allowed to swear? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you, you can right, do it. It's okay. It was funny because when the we first tried this in a scrim against Mixup, one of my teammates was like hey, why don't we just run two Zenyatta Symmetra for the Genji and let's do it. And I was like, and like a Tracer Genji. And I was like, that sounds pretty shit. And then we did it and we beat Mixup in like three minutes. And then we were like, wow, that really worked. <laughs> and then Mixup started using it like all the time. And we were like, wow, we were just doing that as a joke. But like the whole strength of it is you have the Tracer and Genji or the Genji Genji just spamming and going from behind. So... They have to deal with their behind with the Genji Tracer, and they have to focus them instantly, or nothing's happening. Then you also have the Zenyatas just raining hell with their Discord orbs and 20 ammunition balls, <laughs> balls. that can one-shot you if you're in the wrong place. So if you get a dis- two Discord orbs on people, and the Genjis get like one kill, then it's a snowball. Because then they get the dash resets and the melees and the shurikens up close, and then they're just going everywhere. So unless you're able to focus down the Genjis perfectly mm-hmm. and have a McCree that has 100% accuracy, or another Genji that doesn't happen to get discorded and killed themselves, <laughs> it's really hard to deal with. And if you rush the Zenyatas, the Lucio on their team can just speed boost backwards and the Genjis can go behind you, unless you play it right. And then I think the thing that makes the comp the hardest to play against is you're 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 focusing on death balling as your team on defense to deal with the Genji's not picking anyone off. But as soon as the Symmetra gets a teleporter, they can just make risky plays. And as soon as they get a pick, even if they die, it's beneficial for them because the enemy team has to run back and you're just teleported in already going and harassing again. So it's really, really, really snowbally. 
and it's really hard to deal with once the ball gets rolling. But to fight it, if you're able to play perfectly and never get picked off, that's the only way to really defend against the comp like IDDQD does. They just focus the Genjis correctly, don't get picked off, and your Hulk uh, puts up his turrets correctly around his teleporter and it's in his back line. If a Tracer or Genji goes behind, they'll have someone peel off to go deal with him and try mm -hmm. and annoy him. And the way they do it is sometimes their Genjis don't get discorded and then they'll get a pick and then the snowball happens. I remember the first time you guys ran that and I was watching, I'm pretty sure it was like Numbani, I think. Was it was Dorado. Was it Dorado? Yeah. I, I remember seeing it and I was just like, this is the worst thing <laughs> I've ever seen in my entire life. And it's working really well. Yep. <laughs> and I was just so sad. I was, oh, I was just watching, going, "This is this is gonna be terrible." <laughs> yep. <laughs> all right, all right. I have to ask. I have to ask though. Is it any worse than the double Lucio double? Way worse. Way worse. Way worse? It, oh it, yeah. It feels oh, like yeah. it's way worse. Yeah. I don't know. Like just seeing Winston Bubbles constantly was not that funny. Yeah, either, but at but... least with Winston Bubbles, you're like, oh, okay. He put his Winston Bubble down, so we'll just Wait, either no. burn it yeah, or just break play it back out. and then go in. This comp, it's like, all right, we're getting spammed down to shit. All right, so we can't really stop the spam. We kind of have to wait until we kill someone or we die, and then if we die, they have alts now. We're pretty much fucked. And half the time, it was like our first match against IDDQD. I think we could have won that match if we didn't get wrecked by spawns. Because I think if anyone was watching the tournament, we died on second point Gibraltar. And then two people spawned on that point, And then two other people spawned in the back. So on the second point spawn, you're like in That's that rough. little cave. So you get picked off. Then the other people are back there. They have to wait for you. Then the Genji's pushing. They get picked off. So then it's just a bunch of waiting. And then... By the time we regroup, we're at third point. And then, as you could see in the tournament, one of the really good ways to counter that comp is just to mirror it. So it's like all you have is this comp for the well, most part. Well, it's just a skill thing at that point. It's like, okay, like, can who's better Genji? Like, which one can LB1 the you other one? Get, <laughs> right. You can get Discorded better, who can yeah. spam better, which Symmetra will do what. It's just really weird. That doesn't I sound think too fun, too. No, and uh, I think Envious actually went for the double May as a counter rather than an actual time waster because they used it in a scrim mm. against us prior on Numbani. Mm -hmm. But it's like, even if you run double May, the Genjis will just play a lot safer and just wait for Discord and then just spam you down until they can go in instead of just going in anyways. Hmm. All right, so I guess without a nerf... Is there possibility? So it sounds like you you might have something brewing to make, to to counter it. Uh, is it along the lines of totally different comps, or like you were saying, just doing what with just doing it better than what uh, well, your opponent's doing? Our little counter thing is kind of a similar comp. <laughs> okay. Double like, offensive Torbjorn. No. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> saw you. You guys tried comp. Hanzo, right? A little bit of it's Hanzo. Like, Hanzo's hit or miss. Because it's like <laughs> that about sounds so awesome. You kind of you kind of relying on either the scatter shot one shotting them or your arrow hitting them in the head if they don't deflect it and blah yada yada. Yeah. But right now, the only counter to it is either perfect play on defense or kind of running a similar comp against it. 
Yeah, and the latter seems more consistent than being completely perfect every single game. Yeah. I, ha- I have to ask, did, have you guys tried using Junkrat at all in this against uh, against this comp? Well, it's like, Junkrat's weird because unless the Genjis are discorded and then run at the Junkrat, they're just going to spam them down. Yeah, from further away. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Can totally see that. Fair enough. Can always go six Torbjorns, man. We saw that. And plus, we saw that this weekend once. <laughs> with, I think uh, I'm not that good at Junkrat, and Pluppy's good at Junkrat, so that yeah. also might be a thing. Hmm. All right, so let's uh, let's talk about how how this should be fixed. I guess uh, you know Blizzard has been very actively patching OP comps. Uh, we've seen it several times now in the in the short closed beta phase mm-hmm. of overwatch where blizzard will come in and make patches that directly address some of these big issues some things that seem to be kind of dominating the competitive scene what do you think blizzard should do and we've, we've talked about genji a lot we've talked about zenyatta a lot what do you think the solution is to this well if you want to nerf health pools then you might want to take away symmetra shield giving you 50 health because mm-hmm. then that's just creating them at their problem level again or there's the whole popular thing about one hero limits because I did an article with Bloodsire about that. A lot of people don't like mm. that, but I think one hero limits would be the easiest way to balance the game because I don't think the Winston shield nerf would have ever happened without the double reaper, double Winston, or just double Winston comps in general. Right. Hmm. Right. Okay. And you can either nerf Harmony Orb or Discord Orb or just nerf Zenyatta's damage in general. You always make Symmetra Shield give 25 HP instead of 50. Something like that. 50s, it just brings them to their problem level again, where they're like, all right, we'll nerf Genji to 150. Oh, yeah. He's back at 200 again. I mean, when they mm-hmm. nerfed Mercy's damage boost, they brought it from like 50 to 30, I think. So that might be my suggestion for Zenyatta, first of all, since I know everyone is like hating on Discord Orb right now, would be to make it only last for a certain period of time on a target mm-hmm. and then for it to have to be reapplied afterwards. Um, and also for maybe the percentage damage that you know the target takes to go down from 50 to like 35 or 40 maybe. Yeah. There's also a good suggestion someone made in my chat when I was streaming yesterday. They said something like Harmony Orb, it could s- stay at the same healing rate, but if they're taking damage, the healing won't take into effect. So, like, say... Oh, there's an idle period, you mean? Yeah, so, yeah. like, you have to out be of out of combat for one mm-hmm. or two seconds until you actually get the healing. So yeah. instead of just being, like, in this fray for however long, getting healed mm-hmm. while you're doing it, you actually have to back out to get the healing instead of just being this god tank thing that's doing damage at the same time. <laughs> yeah, which requires, like, no skill either. <laughs> you just throw a ball nope. on somebody, right? And at least with the other characters, you gotta be close or actually be, be uh, have a you know have a, a target on them with with mercy so yeah i think that that would be good too or at least your limits yeah. are are never the answer <laughs> i that's last resort like so it's I, like I, if it's, months like i said before if months and months from now mm-hmm. we are still having this problem and blizzard has tried their hardest to change it or they haven't done literally anything to change it then talk about hero limits but until then it's not our job to do that their job to test the game yeah. to tell blizzard what's wrong and to wait for them to fix it well my personal belief is i don't care if there's hero limits and i don't care if there's not hero limits i'll just play the game and right. try and be the best as it is as is but my belief 
I'm not saying there should be hero limits, but I think the easiest way to be able to balance the game would be if there is hero limits, because with all the variables there are without hero limits, if you end up nerfing double comps, you end up nerfing the single hero more so than a double comp. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Winston. Winston isn't used nearly as much because of the shield nerf when they were nerfing it for double Winston. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's I, a fair I totally, point. Yeah, I totally get it. I, I totally understand we, what you mean. Still DC Winston, but not, <laughs> not the time. as much. He's not a mandatory <laughs> thing anymore, but he's still yeah. playable. Like, uh, he's yeah, I mean, playable, I, I think... but he's really kind of bad with the shield he's at now. If he jumps in, he, he can't really initiate as much as he did before, because as soon as his shield goes in, it's kind of instantly dead. And Winston is really, really vulnerable without his shield. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the big problems uh, with this comp is, you know, Genji's Genji's very good at range, very good close-up. He really has no weakness. But the reason I feel like we're seeing so few tanks right now is it's almost more... It's more Zenyatta, isn't it? Because the Discord makes tanks just disappear so quickly. And, you know, obviously... Zenyatta and DPS characters, especially Genji and Tracer, is a great, great, great combo. But Zenyatta also diminishes the effectiveness of tanks so much that we are rarely seeing two tanks, um, rarely even seeing one tank, at least on attack uh, right now. A- am I off on that one? Uh, that, that was just like my own kind of personal hypothesis there. Well, I've been but, saying it before Genji oh, okay. even got nerfed. Genji isn't even the problem. It's Zenyatta that's the problem. Yeah. If there's a Zen- Genji, as he is now, without a Harmony Orb going behind your team, you can deal with him no problem. The McCree just has to hit him a couple times or he just has to get put on by a monkey. But as soon as there's a Harmony Orb on Genji, he's just a whole different hero at that point. He can just play more reckless, do whatever he wants. At least with Tracer, she can still manage by herself without a Harmony Orb, but with the Harmony Orb, Tracer is even more of a problem because she can blink away, rewind, get back to full health, go back in her ass and do all this stuff. <laughs> yeah. And then their whole comes back to this point of where, well, we'll just kill the Zenyatas. Well, you try and go on the Zenyata, you get Discord Orb killed by him, by himself. <laughs> that's the worst. So it's like, well, that's a really that good support hero. He's healing a guy and killing you. That's, cool. That's, that's Ben's dream right there, man. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yeah, I'd, I'd agree much. with that. I'd, I'd agree. Yeah, I, I, I think the change that Shade's suggesting would fix a lot of those things right there. I mean, you'd get one shot at it with the orbs, but then, then having to reapply the Harmony Orb constantly is is much tougher, right? I mean, your your Genji's gonna have to come back to you every once in a while, and not just like basically sitting on sitting in the back line the whole time, just harassing and and spamming. Yep. Honestly, I just think literally a straight up numerical nerf to to zen's orbs both orbs could just do a lot of a lot of good yeah. here usually people mm-hmm. always go oh all you did was change the numbers what a lazy patch but i i think in this case it actually would just make sense like this discord balance. and harmony just are just a little numbers. bit too good yep you think it's just a little too good or you think i mean because if you change it too much just it, because the numerical thing is is it's one of those things where it, there's a cliff to it, I think. You know, if you if you, if you don't find the sweet pot, yeah, spot, yeah. it's and, too good still or it's too bad. Yeah. And I don't know. I think when you when you do lower it, it's kind of similar to what you were saying about Winston's shield. It's 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 that type of change which I don't know. I don't really love that as much as something that that requires like a different, 
it, you know, it, the change would require more skill or require, you know, a different type of setup, you know, to actually gain the value that you get currently just by default. I, I, I'm definitely, I tend to at least be, uh, favor that type of change, at least early on. Um, but, you know, one thing we didn't talk about yet, guys, is that, you know, we have Surefor on here and, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know and, and they got picked up by Cloud9 since the last time we, we talked. So, I mean, that's huge news. You know, obviously Team Envious, you know, was, was picked up as the first, first big team, honestly, to pick up a, an Overwatch team. And now Cloud9 is. And I feel like, you know, it's an influx of a lot of these bigger teams really taking a look at Overwatch. Uh, so I kind of wanted to ask you about what, you know, what made you guys decide on Cloud9. I know a lot of people were talking to you guys and maybe even possibly bidding on you guys. Uh, so if you don't mind, like maybe sharing just how that whole process was and, and why you decided on Cloud9. There was a lot of smaller orgs that were going us, but they were the mm-hmm. first big orb that came to us. And of course, Cloud9 is a great organization and mm-hmm. has a lot of reputation. So we kind of just went with it. Okay, okay. Any, Fair enough. Was there any thoughts of just like hanging out just or just staying independent for a while? Or uh, n- like your intentions were always to join a big team? We always wanted to get a sponsor. It's always good to have. All right, cool. I mean, I like it. Look, Cloud9, they've they've been early adopters in a lot of different scenes. They picked up Mango, who yeah. like is one of the first yeah. major Smash players. Mm-hmm. Like they they're in so many different games. I, I thought they'd be one of the, the early adopters and they ended up being an early early adopter. So shout outs to the Cloud9 staff. Uh it's awesome. And man, it's a little bit crazy though how many big teams are entering the space so quickly right now and mm-hmm. the, i mean I, I i won't give out any rumors but there are more <laughs> coming guys uh this is just, uh, this is just you know, the we're only in the closed beta now and it, within the course of what like one month uh we have envy and cloud nine in the space and yeah it is just the beginning don't say too much the reddit people are gonna get me <laughs> oh man yeah I, I agree with you there fish sticks it's 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 interesting too, just the decisions to to be made because on on both parties you can kind of see why people they would you know see why teams would be joining these big organizations as well as organizations picking up teams, but at the same time it's like beta right like we still got have very limited viewers to be honest just in, in the Overwatch space just because the game hasn't out right so I mean the the number of players and viewers are probably going to go up by twenty thirty forty folds you know mm-hmm. and um, you know, you'd think that maybe, maybe I guess everybody would wait until like that period before it happens, but it's, it looks like you know people are getting on early and maybe, maybe just a little shorter contracts than than uh, than I guess typical ones that you would see in esports. Yeah, yeah uh, things are moving fast and furious. It's an exciting time to be following the scene, um, and I, I'm certainly you know it just puts the fire under a lot of other teams yeah. to get involved and. Uh, and it makes me glad that you know that we're doing this stuff in the in the closed beta because getting these teams interested in Overwatch, getting them ready to start thinking about Overwatch as soon as the game comes out. You know, we're only we're only a little ways away. Uh, I think it, I think it's good for the the health of the scene for sure. Then we'll see if the Reddit people are right, where the top teams will just fall under. Look, look, other. Another, I actually I have something to say on that point. <laughs> you know, Reddit is not wrong. Reddit is not wrong. There will be some breakthrough yeah. talent that sure. of course. explodes once once the game is launched. Uh, I still think you're going to see the same teams at the top, but they might be able to, you know, fill holes in their rosters over time. Like, teams switch rosters constantly. Look at CSGO, <laughs> yeah. look at any team-based game. Teams switch up their rosters 
all the time, um, yeah. especially FPS for some reason. So there's definitely going to be some stars that shine through once the game comes out, uh, and they're going to fill a lot of holes on rosters, I think. I'm curious to see how new players and new teams will a form, you know, because, you know, with, like you said, there's a lot of teams that are going to be signed with big organizations. They're going to be trying to fill spots. They're probably going to get the pick, you know, like to pick the cream of the crop, you know, out of these, these, uh, um, you know, solo players. Right. So it'll be interesting to see how some teams are able to, you know, kind of build up, uh, you know, one of the things that you, you, you were mentioning fish six is that, you know, prime and, and the life of Hanzo had some breakout performances this week, and we've been kind of seeing that. And not too long ago, sure for you know, Google Me was in that same position, like at least from the standpoint of what the community was feeling, like maybe three weeks ago or four weeks ago. And you guys just rose like really, really quickly through the ranks. You know, back when it was just like envious and and mix up or not anything at the time. You know, and, and that just those type of teams, and even Melty at the time, right? So um, I mean, you guys have ascended that in just the matter of like a month. So. I guess we, you know, we're seeing some more teams doing that. It'll it'll be much harder for teams, I feel like, to do that in the in the near future or just the future. And is there even facility for for players to get together? You know, I know we have discords and we have some some discords that are just general Overwatch, but I don't think like a lot of pugs are being started in in a lot of those discords. I could be wrong. I don't know. Shade, are, are a lot no of pugs, pugs being? that I know. Of. Yeah, right. Am I missing a bunch, or is it just mainly just teams and? And, uh, you know, mostly the same circles that are circle of, of players and teams that are, are essentially practicing and just playing, you know, any kind of custom games. Um, I haven't really seen that many pug games being put together yeah. recently. So, or I mean, at all, to be totally honest with you, it tends to just be like, if you see someone in game that you like to play with, you add them to your mm-hmm. friends list and then you play with them. So, um, yeah, I haven't really seen any like 12 man pug games or anything like organized yeah. happening so that's one thing we'll probably need to take yeah just like having some kind of biggest complaints is he's like i want pug well, games yeah first of all i'm not good enough to play any for any team so but i do like pl- like taking the game seriously and playing in a competitive format so i want to play in pugs but i think it's a great opportunity for people to meet each other get to know <laughs> each other it's a great space for new players to get to make a name for themselves and it's also i can't wait to see when the game fully comes out and you know pugs with like players from all the top teams like i think that would be really great for you know twitch content and and vod's as well so i do hope that that happens but right now all the teams are just so try hard that they just scrim all the time uh and if they're not scrimming then they're just pubbing so there's no in between apparently yeah pug if they're pugs there you go you heard it here first yeah so I mean, maybe that's something that we we should try to do. I don't know if it's us here on the show or just generally in the community. And you know, let's try to get a a place or you know some kind of whether it's Discord. Or, it's probably going to be Discord, honestly, and just just get a lot of people together because I can tell you three or four players I know are really really good that are in this boat where it's just like they have no teams, they don't know how to even you know get in touch with people to even potentially build a team or or you know that sort of thing. And I, I feel like. It needs to be more open, especially if we're going to, you know, have a, an environment where we do have 50 to 100 teams in each region, you know, like that, that has to organically for it to happen. It's going to take a lot longer than if we, you know, have some something in place that that will help facilitate that. Well, it's weird with this game. It's like individual skill isn't the greatest mm-hmm. factor. Right. It's exactly. all about teamwork. Right. So meeting people, you know, being able to, you know, just just 
get get a chance to to work with or at least play with them a lot and and kind of have some synergy together is super important yeah, um, i can't really help with how to find a team because i found my team <laughs> yeah and the people yeah i i can I understand if you don't help out with it man I, I totally get that um well why don't we why don't we take some questions guys just do some q a here uh, those of you that have not tweeted, uh, the best way to actually have us ask questions is to tweet to the overview GG. But if you haven't tweeted, go ahead and ask it in the Twitch chat too. We can, we'll take some questions there. Maybe Ben, keep an eye on Twitch chat while I, uh, sure. Yeah. I'll at, take a look um, at Twitch. Chat. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I did before we just jump into Q and a, okay, I, sure. I just want to take a short moment to give a big shout out to prime for their performance this okay, weekend. Yeah. 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 Um, they end, they ended up beating Flat Earth two to one, and Flat Earth right now is looking extremely strong in Europe, almost making a case for being kind of number two behind IDDQD. So, mm-hmm. seeing Prime beat uh, Flat Earth was a huge shock to me. I don't think anyone was broadcasting the matches, unfortunately. I don't know if there's any VODs to catch, but that was like a huge upset as far as I'm concerned. And then they took you guys, Cloud Nine, to to three maps. So, Surefor, do you think that this was like a big upset, or have you have you been seeing them scrim and they're they're actually they've actually been this good for a while? Because to me, it seemed like a massive, massive upset. They're they're getting better, yeah. Uh, our map three was basically tie first round, and then the second map we won. That was like the Ghost of Gamers rule. Apparently, a tie makes it one one. Right. Uh, that rule. <laughs> we, what so happened dumb. on the what happened on the first map against us is they did a death ball with May, and we tried the double Genji thing on Dorado, and they did good good things stopping us. And I got hit by May icicles in the head like three times down the choke. <laughs> so we full they full held us, and then we full held them. And then second map was Nepal, but their teamwork's getting better, and they're they're going to be a good team to keep grinding it out. Yeah, man, I was super, super impressed. Um, actually, another question from Chad and something else I wanted to bring up about a breakout performance we saw this weekend was the life of Hanzo, which is a new mixed team comprised of Dummy, Mesrar, Dehang, ID, uh, AZK, and one more that I'm forgetting right now. They did really well, too. That was, <laughs> that was basically the bottom line. Um, and I think it's an interesting mix, too, because you've got Quake guys you've got tf2 guys mm-hmm. you've got a counter former counter-strike pro player um and the question is asked is swag still going to play for the team you know swag was with the roster but oh yeah Durs is the other guys thank you bagelberry and chat uh but apparently has been uh, dropped um so i i don't have any insider information for you guys but uh i have heard i heard directly from dummy that this this is their roster. You know, this is the team that they've been, they just formed pretty recently, like the last week or so. They really impressed me too. I think this team has a ton of potential. What do you think, Sherfor? Yeah, we've been, you, you scrimmed them, them a bunch? Yeah, we scrimmed them a bit and they're, they're getting good too. I think as every team starts getting their rosters finalized and as everyone's teamwork start getting solidified, I think the games are going to be much closer. Awesome. Okay, I have a question for you, and I'm going to just let you guess who, who this question is from. So it says, ask sure for how his wizard hat looks like. Need to get the same one. I, I'm guessing that's from Pluppy, and <laughs> exactly. I have a really good wizard hat. Just keep dreaming. Just keep, keep dreaming, dreaming Pluppy. <laughs> yep, exactly. You got it. Um, All right, Broder's asking. One the, day that, uh, the day that someone beats IDD Cutie. Oh, okay. I think that kind of goes along with how I answered fish sticks. I think as people's teamwork starts getting solidified, 
and depending on how the meta is shifted, I think the games are going to get a lot closer, and we'll see if they get beaten. Okay. Yep. Uh, question from Broder in chat, uh, one of the Ghost of Gamers admins. That with the changes to Temple of Anubis, is that map now good, or does it still need more changes? Mm, yeah. uh, or is the fact that it's Capture Point that's holding it back? And I guess let's broaden that question to, what about Capture Point? We saw it a couple more times this weekend. What do you think, sure for? As a player, anyone, what, do you, what do you think? I don't think anyone like Capture Points, because on most of all of them, there's only like one choke for first point that you have to get through. So you can just like eat spam or try and get through there. And then if sometimes you get the first point, you can just like instantly cap the second point off, off of alt advantage. So it's like really hit or miss how those control points go. So I don't think anyone likes it really. Yeah, from a player's perspective, I can see why it's frustrating. We did have a game decided by two seconds. Yeah, I saw that on Volskaya yeah. though. Yeah. As a caster, that gets me hype. I'm not gonna lie. So, uh, but it's also know. like three minute matches each. Weren't yeah, <laughs> that's true. That doesn't matter from a, <laughs> that's like, true. from a spectator point of view. Uh, that that matters a little bit less, I think. Yeah, I, I think that's it's, as long as it's exciting. It doesn't matter if it's like super long or super short. That was um, the double Genji comps fun to watch. Mm, not really. Not really. <laughs> not really. Especially when it's just. I like, love seeing their perspective of a Zenyatta sitting on the payload for three minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's that's awesome. That's really really great. Uh, here's a question: um, what what type of game format would you like to see? Game format? Yeah. Can you think of a game format you'd you'd still like to see in? in uh overwatch that uh, you know that's not here like king of the hill or that's sort of oh you mean like game type yeah game type uh, hide and i don't seek. think hide and seek <laughs> I some stealth see- characters in there yes hide and seek i don't know it's that hard to be- think of a game type i would want in, in this on the spot that would kind of fit in with overwatch I mean, anybody. I'm, this question is to I'm, anybody. I'm so. going to put money on the fact that there will be a game mode that incorporates doomfist at some point what's it seems like such a What's Doomfist? Uh, remember the initial uh, cinematic trailer they made? They're in the museum and they're 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 fighting over the Doomfist relic, and the kid uh, puts it on and like oh. punches somebody. It's basically like a big part of the lore. Um, a lot of the mm-hmm. maps have a lot of it included, and the, the idea is like multiple different people have worn the Doomfist at different times. So I, I have a sneaking suspicion there's going to be some kind of game mode that that comes out with some sort of item you have to uh, roll the doomfist item mm-hmm. that like makes you super powerful or something i don't know that's that's my guess or you- something where you have to grab the doomfist and hold on to it and if you die you yeah drop it. Like oh my god yeah. like halo that would be awesome that would yes. be awesome I, I, that would be could be cool yeah I, can you imagine totally if they did that. i know sure for you used to play wow right no no? <laughs> no? Was someone on your team used to play WoW? Uh, Adam and Several, Kyle. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, Adam, Adam was a so, top PvPer, and he's yeah, the leader of the Yeah, if you ever did, like, Ashran or anything like that in the newest expansion, there was, like, this thing that you carried around and that, like, showed, like, made your whole model massive so everyone could see where you were, basically, and it had this, like, icon above your head, but it increased your, like, strength by, like, 300% or something like that. So... You, like if you killed that person then you gained that buff and then you know like if someone killed damage. you then they got it yeah oh like over and over again i think that would be hilarious yeah. just to see like a 50 foot genji running around the map with like just like extra power or whatever what do you think do you think um capture the flag or any of those type of game types will ever be 
interesting or viable in the overview? I mean, not the Overwatch. I think Jeff touched on those before, and he said they weren't that good because then everyone just played Tracer. Yeah. Yeah. They'd have to put some kind of, yeah, just maybe certain characters are the only ones that can get flags. I don't know. They could do something like King of the Hill, except it's three-point capture control. So then you have to capture and hold out of three Mm -hmm. points, and whoever gets to, like, 500 points wins or something like that. Okay. I wish they changed. The one thing I wish they would change about control point right now is that if the point is being contested, then it like the percentage would stop going up. You mean on King of the Hill? Yeah. Yeah. Control point King yeah, of the Hill. Yeah, I think I. I mean, I, I guess <laughs> that brings up a good point. What do you think about um, game types that would cause for a completely different type of gameplay? You know, five tracers or six tracers. Is that a bad thing? Do you guys view that as a bad thing for Overwatch? For I, think I mean, six tracers on anything is a bad thing. Well, I know, but <laughs> you, you know what I mean? It's, it's kind of like imagine casting that. Like, oh dear I know. God, that's I, I know what you mean by that. I'm just difficult. kind of. It might be interesting to see. You know, not every map played like so similar. It's, it's like it would be analogous to like StarCraft, like where not every you know game and map is played in a very similar fashion. It would be like there would be some maps that are just where you're super close spawn points, and they would force you to play differently. It's same thing with like Overwatch. Like it'd be a completely different type of game type, and your team would have to be versatile enough to, you know, like your your support players would have to be really good shooters and stuff like that too, um, to be able to be successful in competitive Overwatch. I mean, I could I could do six v six tracer. I think I could be the best tracer. In that. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Starcraft Speaking is one v one as well. There was the video yeah. the other day that was released, right? Where you did one v one tracer versus was it Mendo? I think. Yeah, we did NA server, EU server, and then Asia server. Yeah, that was awesome. That was cool. <laughs> what was the score? What was the score? I won two one. Nice. He had four hundred ping on the Asia server. So oh my god! How much did you have? That's terrible. I had like two hundred or something like that. Oh my but gosh, that's impressive. Then it was rigged because on any server I have sixty ping, and on his EU server he had like twenty four or something. <laughs> so it's like he had home field advantage for sure on that one. <laughs> okay. Still uh, we'll, we'll have to we'll have to settle this at LAN, okay, guys. Yeah, definitely. that's what Mendo keeps happening. <laughs> we're doing it on whenever the first LAN tournament happens. We're gonna have a one v one. Yeah, right? that's exhibition. Looking that's, forward that sounds to it. Fun, yeah. That definitely sounds fun. Okay, maybe one or two yep. more questions. Anybody got any last questions here? Let's see. Um, there's another question about maps uh, and the competitive viability of the CP maps. I- I'm curious to just hear your guys' thought thoughts, like. If nobody in the competitive, if none of the competitive players like playing these maps, should we just eliminate them from, uh, you know, from the tournaments? Or what do you think about oh, that? Yeah. I think, I don't know. If it, if it's still in, I think people will just keep banning it. And if it's, or some players will try and force people onto those maps. But I guess it's fine to just keep them and force players to learn how to play on them. Fair enough. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. I mean, eventually, there will. Volskaya games incoming. What was that? Thirty second Volskaya games oh, incoming. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at some point, we'll have just too many maps, and there'll have to be some map selection. You know, it'll be naturally, I guess, uh, removed from from meta anyway. It's just because nobody will ever pick them. Okay. Well, I think that's. We should probably wrap up. Oh, here we go. One last thing. Oh. 
Uh, we already answered that one. Never mind. Okay, well, I think we're going to wrap up, maybe do some shout-outs, and then, uh, yeah, we'll just call it a day. So, sure for you got any shout-outs or thanks you want to do? Shout-outs to Cloud9 and all the amazing sponsors. And shout-outs to my teammates and fans that might have been watching. Awesome. All right, Shay. You got a stream too, right? Yeah, he does have a stream. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll probably be streaming after this at just Sure4, twitch.tv slash Sure4. Yeah, we'll definitely host that one. And follow him on Twitter too. His Twitter's on the, the overlay too. At um, C9 Sure4. That's right. Gotta get used to plugging, man. Gotta, you know, that's gonna be. You're gonna have to have the sponsor <laughs> list. Soon you're gonna have to. Yeah, you have to rattle off the sponsor yeah, list. Yeah, you have to sponsor list soon. <laughs> Shade, you wanna go next? Just you know, shout out to you guys for being awesome and here almost every week. I think we've had like one week off where we took a break, but mm-hmm. you know, like I said before, this is like one of the most fun parts of my week is hanging out with you guys and talking about the game and everything. So, you know, shout out to you guys and my stream. Love my stream. Every day, 8 a.m. PST, super early in the morning. Lots of coffee required. So. <laughs> Which is yeah. twitch.tv slash... Shade underscore. Shade underscore. Fish sticks. Another cool show. Thanks for Shore, thanks to Shore4 for joining us today and answering some of our questions about the meta. Um, I might be taking my first week off of casting in a while as I'm heading to South by Southwest tomorrow as yeah. long as I feel a little, a little bit better in the morning hopefully if not maybe i will be casting again but um (laughs) make sure to tune in the tournaments uh support the competitive scene if you're interested in learning more uh definitely give us all a follow you know we're we're all going to be tweeting and streaming and doing all those things about competitive overwatch um i wouldn't be surprised if we see a patch that that tunes down Zenyatta pretty soon, and maybe that'll happen mm-hmm. before the next big tournament. Um, but uh, yeah, just stay tuned because there's a whole lot more to come. I said this during the cast, but it just kind of gets me giddy to think about this game after launch because uh, things have been going really well. The tournaments have been exciting, fun. There's, you know, despite dominant metas coming in and maybe making the game seem a little bit uh, one-dimensional dimensional at times i've had a lot of fun casting uh, i think we've seen great games and i just can't wait to see massive tournaments with dozens and dozens and dozens if not hundreds of teams signing up and i am quite positive <laughs> that that will be the future of this game so i'll be there with you guys and uh yeah we'll see you next week for another episode yep i'm thinking next week there's probably gonna be <laughs> a lot of things we're gonna be talking about <laughs> Or, uh, yeah. Yeah. So definitely tune Maybe. Got, Winky some, face. Yeah. Some stuff we got to talk about. But um, uh, in the near future, in, in April, too, I think we're going to have some uh, some pretty cool episodes planned for you, too. We'll probably have some more um, news on that in the coming weeks, coming week, too. But, yeah, thanks, everybody, for watching the show. Thanks for sure for, for coming on, being our guest. And of thanks course, for having me. Of course, Fish Sticks and Shade for doing this with me every week. It's so awesome. And just... We just always talk about we talk about Overwatch like a million like just constantly like offline. So it's it's uh yeah we're so huge great. nerds. It's, <laughs> we're it's just great. So Our Skype chat is never ending. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, and you can find the vods for this guys for the overview at uh, YouTube.com/slash/ChampionV. I'll have them up soon as well as the audios which you can find on iTunes. And if you do on iTunes, guys, be sure to leave. Uh, uh, a rating only if you like the show just only, just leave a rating only if you like the show <laughs> and then leave comments because that helps the seo on on itunes and um yeah just follow the channel and all that good stuff if you like hearthstone i have a, a hearthstone show i do on wednesday's value town that you can check out too tomorrow uh but that's going to be it for the overview so for sure for shade fish sticks and myself 
We'll see you next week. Later. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye.